Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday evening here with an episode titled 30 Things About Life Everyone Should Learn Before Turning 30. Now, actually, this is a piece by uh, Nicholas Cole over at Inc.com. So he is the originator of this. Um, kind of read through it the other day. Uh, a lot of good truths to this. Uh, a lot of things that I would... Uh, tell myself uh, if I was still under 30. In all reality, I don't think the age is really that important or vital. I think if you guys are you know, 40, 50, um, even 60, if you figure some of these things out, obviously the earlier um, you figure them out, probably the better. But in all reality, there's always a chance to you know learn and grow and become the most badass version of yourself. So essentially, these are a collection of you know, life habits and, and things that I think will help success hack you uh, to any area of your life that you want to literally crush. So uh, I'm going to kick off by just going over, you know, life is full of lessons and some lessons are learned uh, in an instant, uh, just like you guys touch a hot stove, tss, it burns, boom, uh, you got it. Others take time uh, to fully understand. Uh, for example, he gives, you know, what it truly means, you know, to be in love versus uh, just infatuation or, you know, lusting for somebody and actually loving somebody, I think are two completely different things. And when you're, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 2, and so on, sometimes uh, you get the two confused. And I'm not saying that there's an age that, you know, you know one is different than the other, but I think when you're, you know, a young person, there's so many hormones and feelings running through your body, it's hard to tell, you know, what is real and what's not real. Um, but regardless of the size of the lesson, you know, these are going to be 30 important ones that everybody should know um, before exiting, you know, what I would consider like young adulthood when you enter the phase of what I like to call, you know, your grown-ass man status or your grown-ass woman status uh, of your life. And I don't know, some of you it happens sooner, some of you it happens a little bit later, uh, for me personally, I like to think I'm an old soul, I guess, and I see things a little bit differently than probably somebody my age did, especially when I was in my 20s, for that matter. And I attribute a lot of it to not me being uh, this genius, uh, pro actually probably the opposite, me not understanding uh, why we do a lot of things and really just questioning almost everything we ever did in school um, and society and working now with people who are much older than me through the last you know, 10, 11, 12 years people who have done things uh, that I want to do, people who have done things that I don't want to do. And hearing, you know, both the positives and the negatives from them has given me a unique perspective at a younger age. And I'm a, a good listener. And I've picked up a lot along the way. I just don't wait for my turn to talk. I actually just hear uh, their stories and how they live their life. And I tend to resonate with the people who are the happiest, not necessarily the most quote-unquote financially successful, not the ones who have the most stuff, but the ones who have the most fun, the least amount of stress, and have had the best experiences so far on their journey. And that's what kind of these 30 lessons embody. So with that, let's kick off area number one with self-development, which I'm a huge fan of, PD, for sure. And number one, your habits can make or break you. Every action is a brick meaning it's what you do on a daily basis that determines the house you end up with. You are the house you build. And we are nothing without our daily habits, rituals, and routines. That, in essence, makes us a success or a failure. That makes us happy or unhappy. A lot of people tend to believe it's something else, arbitrary outside of that. Like, oh, if I just got this one break, or just got this one deal, or if I just fixed this one thing, 
and that might put you in a position to be successful or to be happy. But what I found is when you can change the little things you're doing every day that are dragging you down, whether that be a negative mindset, shitty eating or drinking habits, not getting enough sleep, not practicing gratitude, whatever it is, when you can fix the little habits each day, the big things tend to take care of themselves. Number two, you are what you read or the way I like to say it, you know, you are what you consume. And I believe that on every level, your body is a reflection of what you eat. Then your mind is a reflection of what you read, what you study and what you consume. So you fill it with good stuff, uh, not garbage and trash, like a lot of the stuff that exists on social media today. Now, with that said, um, I don't use the internet uh, like a way a lot of you guys do, at least in the context of social media. I view it like a drug dealer. I sell the drugs, um, but I don't do the drugs. I don't get high on my own supply. In fact, I was going to talk about this on another podcast, but I don't follow a lot of fitness people um, or accounts on Instagram or Facebook or, or subscribe to a lot of their newsletters. There is a handful of legit newsletters I subscribe to. I'm happy to share them with you guys in a different episode. But in terms of fitness content, like I don't, I don't follow a lot of people, and I'm not friends with a lot of the people that you guys probably follow and see. And there's nothing against them. I don't think there's anything wrong. I just don't need to consume that shit. I need to, you know, watch basic exercise. Like I need a hole in the head. It's what I do every single day. I watch it here with people. Now, obviously, my friends in the space that I collaborate with, the most popular ones, probably like you know, BJ, you know, Alexia, Hannah, and then my friends here who do really coach humans who aren't as popular on social, I get way more from them than anybody else because we can talk about things that not just in a you know movement concept, but how we can really help people, uh, their behavior patterns, how they eat, how they train, how they sleep, how they stress, how they live their life. That's what I get more out of. And so I tend to follow accounts that um, share things that are more mindful, uh, whether it's you know positive things. Uh, I don't consume negative TV shows. That's why I don't watch the news. I tend to try to fill my brain with as much you know, positive, gratitude-filled, just educational things. Because once in my life when I sucked shit and was, you know, not this version of who you hear talking today, um, I was just reading and watching and following the wrong stuff. And it creates this, you know, comparison thing in your brain. It creates this, you're, you're just really filling your head with the wrong thoughts and the wrong ideas and the wrong, you know, thought processes. And I think we all naturally can get into like a negative mindset, uh, if you let it, especially if you are reading, watching, and around the wrong thing. So if you start reading, watching, and hanging out with the right people, your life tends to have this you know, pretty badass upward trajectory. Number three, you cannot compare your path to anyone else's. Like we always say, comparison truly is the thief of joy. We each have our own struggles, and we each have our own successes and wins. And your path is your path for a reason nobody else's and you have to pay attention to the lessons that are meant for you um, and only you that's why I never and here's the thing you guys I've lived here long enough I've worked with enough people um, I know more real people than I think anybody else does and I'm not saying that like I have this special you know talent I'm not like you know a fortune teller I'm not a psychic but people tend to open up to me and us in this space because we're kind of like a we're a friend right but we're like this neutral third party friend on an island so I'm not close enough to the inner circle like I'm not in your family 
I'm not in your close circle of friends, so what you tell me never gets back to them. It only lives in my head, in my mind, and I might share some things with my wives, and a lot of the times I take people's names off, and hey, I heard a story about this or this, and you would never guess, like, this is what's going on in somebody's lives. That's why I'm not a huge fan of the comparison stuff. One, because it does rob the joy of your successes and wins, because there's always somebody doing it bigger and better, especially on the internet, even though most of it is completely full of shit. Uh... Because you might see the trip, but you don't see their three payments behind on their credit card. You might see the car, but you don't see the $900 a month car note. You might see the house, not knowing that they're not going to pay that thing off for another 28 years. And it's stressing them out and they're having arguments every single day just to look fancy for their friends. Because God forbid they downgraded into something they could actually afford and be happy with. But yet that would be quote unquote embarrassing to who I don't know because you're worried about impressing people who don't really give a shit when it could upgrade the happiness of your life. So that's why I say your path is yours and it's yours alone. This is a game we're not all playing together at the same time. There is no timetable. There is no right or wrong. It's only up to you. And the only thing you have to be worried about every day is how fucking happy you are. Because short of that, none of this shit matters at all. Because you could lose it in a blink of an eye. You could get in a car crash. You could get cancer. Or God knows what else could happen. So the only thing that matters is how happy and fulfilled you are internally, nothing else. Number four, your inner circle is your dream team. If you surround yourself with negative people, your dreams are going to die. They're going to drown you. They're going to choke you out. They're going to piss on your flame, as I like to say. If you surround yourself with positive, driven people, your dreams are going to thrive. They're going to fan your flame, man. They're going to pour gasoline on that shit. And they're going to make sure you rise up. It's on you to build your dream team accordingly, so you have to surround yourself with awesome people. And I know it's tough for a lot of you guys when you're surrounded by coworkers and sometimes even friends and family who suck shit, but you got to cut them loose or at least put them in a separate friend category. I say it all the time. We all have levels of friends, and you guys know what I'm talking about. You have the friends where you can be 100% transparent with, or at least I hope you do, and if you don't, please get that in your life as soon as possible. The friends who you're not competing with, you're not comparing with, you're just sharing Thoughts, ideas, struggles, wins, best practices. Then you have the next level of friends where it's, you know, they're your friends, but you can't tell them everything because they're just different. They might think a little bit different, see a little bit different. They might do things differently than you do. They might move different. I always like to joke and compare. It's like, I have friends who don't like rap music. And not that they're not my close friends, but they're a different kind of close friend, right? And I don't know how else to say that. It's like, you know the people who like just Tupac comes on and they're just banging and they like, to, you know, they, they bop a little bit or maybe they dance or they groove. Those are my, those are my, like my diehard people. Those are the people I can, I can go to war with, right? And then it's other people who like don't really understand hip hop and they're good friends. They may be responsible and nice. We can hang out at a party and we can do our thing, but they're just not the same, right? That works for your inner circle as well. The people who are, you know, their DNA is like yours. You're cut from the same cloth. They move like you move. And that's probably why my wife and I are, are so close in our reality. Now, we have a lot of differences. She'll play country music, and I want to, you know, I'd rather swallow wet gravel than listen to another Jason L. Dean song. No offense to him. He's a super talented guy. It's just not my thing. <laughs> and uh, every time I come home, you know, she's playing it. But my wife is also the one who said, hey, let's walk out at her wedding to Tupac, California Love. And so. On that level, she moves like I move. And so you guys need people in your inner circle just like that. Number five, you and your life is a reflection of how well you know yourself. And I believe self-awareness is a gift. I don't know if you can learn it. I think you can improve on it over time. 
But self-awareness is a real thing, and that comes down to EQ versus IQ. Your emotional intelligence, I believe, in life is far more than your IQ. That's just my opinion. And it always comes back to being self-aware. The more willing you are to address your fears, your struggles, your shortcomings, and the points of conflict, the more self-awareness you're going to have and the happier you're going to be. That's like when you meet the dude, right, who tells himself he's like super good looking and he was the best athlete ever, but yet he's, you know, probably 45 pounds overweight, you know, his terrible haircut, um, doesn't really take care of his personal hygiene, and he really was like the eighth man on the high school, you know, basketball team. But he remembers himself as, you know, he's the Al Bundy, you know, scored four touchdowns in a high school football game, but he's working at a women's shoe store, but he thinks he's literally the rock mixed in with LeBron James. The point being is you have to know who, you're, who you are and you have to know yourself. And, and don't make your life worse than it is. Don't make it better than it is. Just tell yourself exactly like it is. What are your talents? Play to your strengths and punt the things that you aren't bad at. But having a false sense of you know, being awesome when you're not awesome is probably one of the worst things I can see. And on the same note, not believing in yourself and thinking you suck shit and you're dumb and you're stupid because some idiot teacher or parent or person told you that when you were 14 is probably even worse. So just know that everybody who's listening to this, you have talents, you have skills, you have a calling, you have a gift. You might not have found it yet, but it's out there. I was once a you know 24-year-old kid who had no fucking clue what was going on with life and the world, and I felt literally hopeless that I could never do probably even 5% of the stuff I'm doing now. And then obviously just a short, you know, Probably from that point till like I felt like I knew what I was doing, three, four years later, my, my whole life had changed. And then you fast forward a decade, I'm literally like living the fucking dream, man. So just know if you're out there, it might take you, you know, three months or three years or it may take you a decade. But when you find it, man, you'll hit your groove and strive. But that comes down to knowing you and who you are. Not just knowing who you are, but knowing what you want, what you want your life to look like. And my wife and I will do a podcast on this called, you know, Dream House versus Dream Life. Uh, because there is a difference there. And I think sometimes we get confused about when we when we picture a dream life, we tend to talk about stuff and status and things. And I don't think if you really broke down your life in the most basic form, that would be the thing that lights you up the most. At least it isn't for me. Um, but that's for a different podcasts altogether. Next one, we're talking about productivity. How you invest your time is a reflection of how you invest your money. The smart and the wealthy know the value of their time. That's why I harp on 86,400 seconds because you only get so much time, you guys. It's a commodity that once it's gone, you cannot buy it back. And when you think that way, you see each minute, each hour, each day, each week, each month as an opportunity to invest wisely in yourself and the people around you. So if you're listening to me, you must do the same. You have to value your time even more than you value money. Now, obviously, if you have no money and you're dead broke, your time is probably worth shit. (laughs) I say that, you know, half jokingly, but in all seriousness, your time does matter and you have to be very diligent with it and you cannot waste it um, at any age, whether you're 22 or you're 62. And you have to be patient with the results, but work with a sense of urgency, knowing that the hourglass is literally running out every second of the day. Number two, you got to be productive and you have to remove distractions from your life. Productivity is not about multitasking. It's about actually the opposite of that. It's about trying to do less so you can ultimately do more and get more shit done. You can't do seven things awesome at once. In fact, most of us can't hardly even do one thing amazing at one time. Um, What's the saying? You know, 
jack of all trades, master of none, something like that. Uh, I'm not good at a lot of stuff, you guys. In fact, I suck at most things. I don't. Uh, we have a landscaper because I'm not as good at cutting grass as he is. We have a house cleaner. I'm not as good at cleaning the house as she is. Uh, we have a pool guy. I'm not as good at cleaning the pool as he is. And again, I'm you're providing a job for somebody else. So it's not being lazy. You're helping them. And I'm way better at this than I am at that shit. So why am I going to waste time fucking with my pool? It's going to turn green and be disgusting. And I'll jump in it. My skin will probably melt off. Or I can come here, do a podcast, make 50 times the amount of money, pay the pool person, have a clean pool, and we're all happy. And we all win. The point is, you have to really double down on the things that you're good at and go all in on that and get rid of the things that are bogging you down in the busy work. And again, even when I come here, I'm just podcasting right now. I'm not working out at the same time. I'm not, you know, on a coaching call. I'm not, you know, sending out emails. I'm just doing this. You just have to get focused with your checklist. And it's almost like, you know, you kind of chunk your day. We call it small rocks and big rocks. But number three, if you aren't getting done what needs to get done, there is a fear. We avoid the things that we don't want to do, or worse, we wonder if we can do them at all. This is why startup plans and book ideas get pushed to the back burner so often. To get the work done, you have to confront what's holding you back. So if you aren't getting things done, oftentimes it's because it's stuff that you don't want to do. And what I do to success hack things like this is... The things that I hate the most, I tend to do first thing in the morning, or at least right off the bat, or I block them off on a time when I can give it my full focus and attention because there's certain things I don't enjoy. Um, being completely transparent, the thing I hate about this life that's fun, and I say that you know with an asterisk, the thing that I hate the most outside of the actual you know business logistics that we have to do, like you know, filling out like P&L sheets and just tracking the normal stuff and really going over metrics. I, I, I can't stand that shit. But in terms of health and fitness with people, I probably hate reviewing food logs more than anything else. And I do it every single week. And I have quite a few nutrition coaching clients that we have to go through every single day of what they ate. It's the most boring thing I do. Seeing what Cindy ate on a Wednesday really doesn't light me up. It's not what I got into this for. But I've seen the impact it's had. It's helped people lose 100 pounds, 150 pounds, and keep it off and never put it back on. So we literally helped hold them accountable so they could change their life. And with that said, I have to do that like on a Sunday morning super early. I can't wait till Friday night to do that because I would not be motivated to do it right now. It would be painful. It would be like, you know, nails on a chalkboard, if you will, for like the, the hour or two, three hours I have to do it. So if you guys find yourself, there's things that you are struggling to get done and things that you know you have to do, put them in a part of your day where you're the most motivated, the most amped up, and do find a process that helps you actually just crush it. Put on your favorite song, play your favorite podcast in the background, whatever it is. Get hyped up and reward yourself once it's over. Next one. Efficiency is a process. It doesn't happen the first or second time you do something, which means in order to be productive in the fullest sense, you have to commit to the process of always looking for ways to improve over the long term. Efficiency is key, uh, like in business and in life, having systems and having a process. I have a process for my life every single day, how I operate. My wife has one as well. Uh, I believe both of ours are highly efficient. Mine 
probably more so than hers. Not because I'm better than her, because I don't have a fucking choice. Uh, because I have to get up and just go. You know, in terms of like laying my clothes up before I get up in the morning, packing the stuff I have to pack. I have a certain timeline I have to follow every single day, and every basically minute is accounted for while I'm at work. With taking some time to put out fires and do crazy stuff, but. I just have to be super efficient with any of the systems we have here. Uh, have to be that as well. Our household has efficient systems. And you guys have a process too. If you're crushing it and successful in some area of your life, you're efficient at it. Um, if you're struggling to get things done and you find you're lagging and not making process, there's probably some energy leaks in your system. So drilling down and being the most efficient version of yourself you can be in your fitness, in your nutrition, in your parenting, in your business, in everything you do will help you drastically. Number five, failure to prepare means preparing to fail. You guys have heard that before. You can't expect yourself to move through things quickly and effectively if you haven't set yourself up for success. What you do today impacts your tomorrow. I believe this with nutrition for sure. Like when you guys are out there not planning what you're going to eat the next day, I'm not saying you have to prep the food, but not if when you go to bed on Monday, on Tuesday, you'd be like, wow, I'm going to eat two meals, three meals, or four meals. You should have a, a really good idea. Are you going to have two meals and a snack? And what are those meals going to look like? Not that you have to have made the food or have it completely mapped out, but you should have some idea. I'm going to eat two meals at around these times, and they're going to probably have about this food in them, meaning there's a protein, there's a green vegetable, maybe some healthy fats, and then something else. To me, not knowing what's going on the next day, the next week, or the next month is probably the quickest way not to reach your goals. Uh, I used my wife and I paying off our house as the example. You know, we mapped out a thing for, hey, let's get serious about this and, and really just get rid of this mortgage forever and be completely debt-free and just crush life. Let's do it in 24 months. At the moment, knock on wood, I'll hopefully make our last payment at the end of February. So we're talking like total of not even... 15 months when we initially planned for it'd be a miracle if we could make it in 24 but we got diligent we got motivated and we had a plan for it gave every dollar a name and stuck to it you guys can do the same whether it's your nutrition your training your finances or everything in between next section we're talking relationships the most important relationship in your life is the one you have with yourself without a positive relationship with yourself Every other relationship in your life will suffer. It all starts with you. Like we say, you put your mask on first. If your life sucks and you're struggling and you feel you know, unhealthy, overweight, unmotivated, broke, depressed, trapped, you just feel like you can't breathe. And I know a lot of, and I use women as the example, women out there tend to almost like be the martyr for this where they put their health in the back burner, their own personal interests, their friendships, you know, their happiness because of their kids. I got to make sure, you know, Johnny and Cindy have everything and they're at practice on time and they do this in respect. I'm not a parent. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But if you're not happy, man, they see that. Um, they hear the size. They see your face. They see how you move, how you act. And even if you can put on a great Dexter mask most of the time, more is caught uh, than taught with kids. I, I, I can tell you that with 100% certainty. My dad didn't outwardly complain about his job a ton when I was younger. As I got older, yeah, he would say some things and I would notice it, but you could just tell he was worn down and that he didn't enjoy it. And I just remember to myself, I'm like, I just don't want to do that, man. 
I, I envy him for a lot of things for his work ethic and how responsible he was and you know putting his family first and all that shit but I, I feel I felt bad for him always to watch him work a job he hated that sucks shit just to pay the bills and, and stole so many awesome moments from his life I just knew I didn't want to be that and he would be a prime example of not taking care of himself first at the cost of everything and everybody else. And again, I don't know where to draw that line for you guys, but I just know when you're not happy with how you look, how you move, how you feel, how you think, uh, everything else around you is suffering whether you think it is or not. Number two, friendships and relationships are collaborations. They're not a one-way street. Healthy relationships make both parties better. It should not be transactional based it should be relationship based and in my opinion i try to give more than i take with everybody 51 49 even if it's close i try to give more and that doesn't mean every single day in every scenario there's going to be times where you're not always the hand lending you're the hand that's reaching and that's okay that's what a friendship is you guys play off each other and you make each other better and i hope you guys have a lot of friends like that in your life number three trust is built through actions, not words. You can't pay attention to what people say or promise, only what they ultimately do through their actions. The way someone acts will tell you everything you need to know about them. Do you know how many people have given me lip service over the past, I mean, my whole life, obviously, uh, but the past 15 years for sure. And uh, people say a lot of shit. They really do. And we call that sizzle. But when it comes down to it, very few people have the stake, man. They just don't have the chops to see things through. And I get so many emails and messages. Hey, man, let's do this partnership or collaboration and I'll do this. And they just don't deliver. They overpromise and they underdeliver. And I think that's one of the worst things you can do. And when I grew up, we would say, you know, don't talk about it. Just be about it. And uh, you can talk trash when you're on the court, but only if you're lighting it up. I mean, only if you can really put up buckets and you can do numbers, then you can start talking shit. But just talking, just to talk doesn't make any sense. I always found the people I respect the most are the ones who do. And uh, they let their work kind of do the talking for them. And if they want to be boisterous and talk shit afterwards, that's fine. But only after you've built something and done something. I never overpromise here. Um, if anything, I underpromise and I overdeliver. So I, you know, I might say one thing and if, hey, if we can get this for you and it ends up being better, then that's cool. Um, I never want to go the reverse. Number four, a real relationship is built on vulnerability. It doesn't matter if it's a friendship, if it's your husband, your wife, brother, sister, or even like a business connection. The best exchanges are rooted in some level of being vulnerable and being real, as I like to call it. At the end of the day, we're all exploring life together, and we're all just 17-year-old kids who are a bunch of fuck-ups trying to figure things out. Um, and we all want to have like a real genuine connection. I think that comes from you being authentically you and not bullshitting and hiding. That's why I do this podcast just like I would talk to any client that walks in here. And more importantly, like I would talk to my friends or family, husband or wife or anyone I know. I want this to sound like you and I are having a drink at the bar if that's what you're into. Or, you know, we're having a, a fireside chat, if you will. Or you and I are just lifting and just bullshitting. And uh, this is how I would speak to you guys. And I try to be as open and as authentic as I can. I don't share all the shit from my life on here. I don't want this to be like a depressing crying hour. But I try to be as, you know, 
forthright as I can with information in an uplifting, positive way. So hopefully these are some life lessons that you can take and put into action. But I'm being as, you know, probably vulnerable as I can be. Admittedly, I'm not a super emotional human. Now, if my dog obviously was to drop dead, I would lose it already. I get, you know, emotional just thinking about it, which is crazy because I never thought, you know, I thought it was like, oh, you just get a pet. It's a pet. No, man, it's, I like my pet more than almost every person on the planet. And the point of me sharing that is vulnerability builds a relationship. A lot of you, I've never talked to you. I've never seen you. I don't know who you are. Maybe you've messaged me on Instagram and Facebook or sent me an email, but I believe most of you feel like you know me at this deep-rooted level, and I appreciate that, and I think that comes from being real, not just me spitting out bullshit information every day. Anybody can do that. Very few people can be real and let you peek behind the curtain of, you know, what makes them them and what makes them, you know, human. Uh, Otherwise, I would just be, you'd see me as like, oh, he's just a successful fit dude in Scottsdale who does fitness and is like married to this smoking hot lady and his life is perfect. It's far from that. Uh, And I try to let you see that and hopefully it builds some trust between you and I when you listen to me. And I think you all should do that with everybody in your life. I think you'd be surprised the reaction you get from people uh, when you can do that at, uh, at its most basic, honest level. Number five. Every relationship has its ups and downs. Boy, do I know this. Uh, Conflicts, disagreements are inevitable in everybody. Uh, If you're in the honeymoon stage right now, you've been dating a girl for, you know, one, two, three months. I'm sure everything's perfect. Um, And she hasn't even farted around you yet. So that's how I know. (laughs) That's how I know it's not real. Although, BJ Gadur told me that him and his wife never fart around each other. And he remembers the amount of times they've farted in front of each other, which is crazy to say because, I mean, my wife and I, uh, there's no limits to what we do. We are two disgusting humans who live in the same house, and sometimes it's like a giant fart box, and that just is what it is. That's real life. That's me being vulnerable here again. Uh, but the point of me sharing that is when you're in that early stage, you might not have all the conflicts and disagreements because you're not being authentically you, and you're biting your tongue, and you're holding back things. And what matters most is is not the conflicts you have, but how you resolve those conflicts and coming to an agreement or a compromise in your teammates. So you meet each other in the middle and there's certain battles you're going to win and you're going to lose. I'll lose, you know, a hundred little battles to my wife to win one or two big ones. And I think she would probably say the same thing. And there's certain things that she knows I will budge on. There's certain things where I draw a line in the sand. I'm willing to die there today. And there's other things that I'm willing to give into. And you have to know when you're right and you're wrong. And that's, really hard for a lot of people. And the key is to always maintain a level of respect and benefit of the doubt so that both parties can be heard and you have a mutual understanding and understanding where they're coming from. Uh, I could give a hundred examples of of what my wife and I have done. I'm going to try to get her on the podcast tomorrow if we can, and her and I will hash up some stuff. So I don't want to go into uh, great detail, but I think that's the key is that you guys can find common ground and have an understanding of, hey, Both of you can be right, both of you can be wrong, but at the end of the day, you're stuck with each other and you got to figure that shit out um, and come to some kind of compromise. And it won't be perfect, um, but you're a team and and you work through it the best you can. Next one, we're talking health. And the first thing is, you know, your body is your temple and you have to treat it well. And sometimes when you're under 30 or you're younger, you don't understand that and you think that you can't be touched and you think that you're invincible and you're like Bruce Willis from Unbreakable. And honestly, I used to think that. Like on Unbreakable and uh, the movie, uh, 
Bruce Willis, the, the train crashes, everybody on the train is dead, and he's the only one who survived, and he doesn't even have a scratch on him. I used to think that was my life. I, I'm serious when I say I used to think that was me um, until I got touched, uh, until I got sick, and so I had to go to you know 50 doctor's appointments, and I had to change the way that I eat and the way that I drink and the way that I sleep and the way that I live my life, and I abused my body. Uh, I'm the first one to admit it. I, I literally... I push it to the limits with, you know, not eating the things I should eat and drinking stuff and taking, you know, things I shouldn't have been taking and and, and just making a lot of really poor life choices. And uh, it'll catch up with you. And if you're lucky enough to this point, it hasn't. You still have time to reverse. And if you've already felt the effects of it, just know you got to treat your body like it's the only place you have to live because news flash, it is the only place you have to live. Number two, too much sugar and you're going to crash, man. Uh, candy diets and processed food binges aren't a healthy part of life. Your body is a reflection of who you are and your habits and how you treat yourself and everything. So you have to cut out the bad shit more often than not. I'm not saying live like a monk and a saint and eat perfect and sleep perfect. But if you're filling your body full of shit and you think it's going to be amazing, you are confused. If you want your house to look like Crate and Barrel, you have to fill it with things from Crate and Barrel. If you want your house to look like Crate and Barrel and you fill it with things from Walmart, it is going to look like a place filled with things from Walmart. I'm not bagging on Walmart. It is fine to buy stuff from there. It's just not the same as Crate and Barrel. Does that make sense what I'm saying? If you fill your body with whole nutrient organic foods, it's going to look and move and feel a certain way. If you fill it with beer, pizza, and Sour Patch Kids every single day, it's going to look and move and feel a different way. Hopefully that makes sense to you. Number three, lack of sleep is not a trophy. Bragging about only getting three hours of sleep is not something to be proud of. What it shows is a severe lack of balance and understanding, and it is unsustainable for life. Your life is a marathon for most of you. God willing, if you're lucky, it's not a sprint. We used to joke here in the office when I used to work with um, my good friends Dave and Ben, who went on to create Arizona Training Lab, and then Ben went on to create Spire Health Club, both of them very successful, um, very smart dudes. Dave was actually my financial planner before that. Ben was a financial planner at Charles Schwab before that. So I tend to, again, my inner circle, I don't surround myself with idiots. It's not what I'm about. But what we would do when we were young and stupid, we would talk about, you know, you know, sleep, you know, is the new broke. We would joke in the office and like who could work more and, and harder and longer and it catches up with you. It just does. You need sleep. You need quality sleep. I don't know how much each of you need, but... Not sleeping is not a, a trophy and it's not being super tired is not a badge of honor. It's a badge of stupidity and one that I used to wear, you know, proudly in my younger days. And sometimes it's give and take, man. You got to, if you want to build something awesome and do something great, you're going to have to be tired, but not to the point of where it steals the preceding days from you. Number four, physical activity is crucial for life. I don't even know why I have to say that, but some people need to hear it. No matter how busy you get, how hectic things are, you always have time to take care of your physical body. Exercise is the key. If you don't do it now, you are going to pay for it later. Once it's gone, it's really hard to get it back. And at a certain point in age and time in life, you will not be able to get it back. So be active. If you can't do something physical for 20, 30 minutes every single day, your life sucks and your job sucks. You need to change it. I don't give a shit how much money you make or how successful you think you are. I said this the other day to one of our guys here. I'm like, I probably make personally 100K less a year. Um, 
because I'm this fit. Because I take time to exercise, I probably make $100,000 or even more, like less per year, that I don't get to pay myself, that I don't get to take home, that would buy me a fancier house and a fancier car or whatever it is. But I don't give a shit. Because if I don't feel good, look good, and move good, what is the fucking house going to do me? What's a new car going to do me? What's a fancy pair of shoes or a bag or a jacket or whatever the fuck people buy with the money? I don't even know. What is that going to do if I don't like the way that I look, move, and feel? It's worthless to me at that point. Number five, coffee is good, but too much of it can be bad. Uh, When your entire diet becomes, you know, coffee, 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 or like Red Bull, Rockstar, or just going over on caffeine, um, you got an issue. Uh, I'm not telling you guys where to draw the Mendoza line. I typically drink probably two cold brews a day. Um, sometimes I'll do just like, you know, uh, four shots of espresso and water, something like that. Uh, and admittedly, sometimes I probably drink a little bit too much coffee. It just depends. I don't have sleep problems, so I'm okay with it. But I definitely do see people who become overly dependent on it. So you have to draw the line for you. As long as you're staying hydrated like crazy, um, I think you'll be okay. But if you're drinking like seven, eight cups of coffee a day with no water, that's an issue. Next area, career. You don't get anywhere fast trying to cut the line. There are no shortcuts. Throwing someone under the bus on your way up will only come back to bite you in the ass. Focus on investing in yourself and your skill set and let the rest of the pieces fall into place. Now, I don't work in the corporate world, but one side note I'll share quickly is there's fitness people around here uh, in our close physical proximity that we get clients from, and I don't solicit other people's clients. I don't give a shit. I don't need you to come here. I'm going to be just fine whether you come and, and buy our stuff and our books and our stuff and do our programs online or in person or have us be your coaches. I'm going to make it. Enough people you know, don't hate me that they're willing to hang out with me every single day. But a lot of other you know, fitness places, some people say, oh, I hate Jeremy. He sucks and they'll talk shit about me. And if you go there, you won't get the results because I'm better than him and blah, blah, blah. And I've heard it uh, from people who come here from other places. And uh, I've never done that. I'm never going to throw anybody under the bus. I'm never going to say any other place sucks ass. I tell people, go there. Try it. See for yourself. You make the call. I let the market decide. If you like someplace other than here, you think that they're smarter than me, better than me, or you just like their personality better, or they're, they have a better schedule, or whatever it may be, then go do that. I have never talked shit about anybody in this industry um, for what they do. We might have disagreements on philosophies and ideologies, but I'm never going to tell you that they're terrible and they're awful. I'm never going to put somebody else down to drive my business and advance my career. And I hope you guys don't do the same. Number two. Your reputation is everything. You always want former coaches, teammates, employees, coworkers, partners, collaborators to speak highly of you. Upholding your reputation is everything when it comes to building a successful career for yourself. And personal brand is everything in fitness, in my opinion, and in basically everything else in life. I work with people I like. I work with people that other people like. I don't want to work with assholes and people that lie and do things that are dishonest and aren't in line with my mission and who I am in life. And, you know, at the end of the day, your work will be forgotten, but how you made people feel won't be and who you were and how people speak about you. And again, I'm not talking about just legacy once you're dead. I'm just talking about the legacy when you're on this earth. Regardless of what, if people don't like me or like me, I I can't control that. And honestly, I really don't give a shit because I know who I am and I know what I'm about and I do way more good in the world than I do bad. But I think if anybody left here, like, you know what, Jeremy showed up every day. 
He tried his best. He worked hard. He sent out a lot of free information. He educated himself. He tried to do the best by us that he knew how at the time. And when he knew better, he did better. And uh, that's, you know, why my business and podcasts and everything is where it's at today because I just tried to be the best version I can for everybody. And I try to do right by everyone in every transaction. And if you do the same, your life will be pretty badass. Number three, it's not about what you've done but what you're currently doing, especially in the new world, social media, Instagram, Facebook, and personal branding. People want to know whose attention you're commanding each and every day and what impact you're having today. So it's not about what you did, it's what you're currently doing. And you can't just rely on you know what happened in the past, it's what have you done for me lately, especially in this instant kind of microwave world. I don't really agree with it, but... It is what it is. You know, as they say, like, you're only as good as your last at bat. And uh, in the fast-paced planet we live in now, that is 100% the case. Number four, humility goes a whole lot further than bravado and being a cocky asshole. It's not about convincing everyone how much you know. It's about showing that you're a team player and you're willing to listen, learn, and add value where you can. Nobody likes somebody who just wants the fame and the spotlight. They want people who give a shit. And the saying goes like, nobody really gives a shit how much you know until they know how much you care. And the side note I'll share here, and I'm going to get off track, and I might run out of time on this podcast for all these, but I'll get through as many as I can. Humility is a real thing. And uh, I didn't get into fitness to do all this and, and be this. In fact, none of this stuff existed. There was no Instagram uh, podcast. Would have probably cost us at least 10, 20 grand to even launch back in the day if anybody would listen. I wasn't planning on having a YouTube page. I didn't really, I had no aspirations of being, you know, an advisor and working with men's health and all these other brands. I didn't, I didn't even know that was a possibility. Um, I didn't do it for claps. I didn't do it for views. I didn't do it for likes and subscribers. And I didn't do it for praise. And I sure as fuck didn't do it to be fake famous on the internet. Because when we started this, I did it when nobody was watching. Maybe my wife would see it. Um, I worked out when no one was around. I trained, you know, a guy in a gym by myself at 6 a.m. for probably 40 days for like literally, you know, 30 cents because I just wanted to try to help him best I could, we didn't do it for the wrong reasons. And there's a level of humility that you have when you started in, I guess, that era of fitness before it was like, hey, let's start an account, let's just make money and let's be able to work with, you know, a thousand people at the drop of a hat or have a thousand people see what we do. It didn't exist. Nobody could see what we're doing. And you did it because you loved it. You did it because the craft of it. You did it because you didn't want to be stuck in a job you fucking hated. You wanted to do something that you, you know, selfishly loved that you knew would help other people. And that's, that will never leave me. No matter how much money I make and how many people subscribe to our stuff or listen or, you know, buy what we're doing, I'll never forget that. And that's why I tend not to complain because I remember how it used to be. And all this, the rest of this stuff is just gravy on top of it, man. It really is. And that's not me, you know, filling you guys shit. That's just me being humble. And I say it all the time, like, I'm just a dude in a warehouse. What do I really know? I'm just trying to help people the best that I can. If, you know, millions of people take notice and listen and watch, then that's super cool. And I'm humbled by it even more so than I was even 15 years ago. Number five. Becoming a leader has nothing to do with a leadership position. 
just because you don't have a big fancy title doesn't mean people, you know, won't listen to you. And the same though, just because you have a big fancy title doesn't mean people will listen to you either. Or even take you seriously. Uh, to lead a team effectively, it starts with holding yourself to the highest standard and leading from the front and leading by example. And I try to do this every single day in everything I do with our people here, my staff, uh, with all of our clients and athletes on the podcast, on YouTube, on Instagram. I really just try to be an example for everybody of how to live your life. And you can once be a broke, hopeless, negative asshole like I was and turn into this human being talking to you today, but that only happens if you live it 24-7-365 and you consistently try to do your best, even on the days where you feel like you don't want to, and even on the days where you naturally just want to be, you know, depressed and negative and be an asshole, which I have those two just like you guys, but you center yourself and you fill your head with gratitude and perspective and you know that people are looking up to you um, and looking to you for guidance and to help them with their problems and that's what my gift is, I guess. And so I try not to waste it. And hopefully you guys, you know, do the same regardless of if your title is CEO, or you're like an associate, you know, fill in the blank executive. Um, you can lead people by the way that you carry yourself. Next area, we're talking success. If you aren't, I'll put it this way. You're not trying to be perfect. You are trying to practice, you know, perfection. It's not about tunnel vision of a shiny idea or a final product. It's about treating each step of the way with intention. And that's how you create something worth presenting to the world in the end. You're not trying to have, you know, everything be perfect and lined up. You're just trying to practice over and over and over again. So the end result is probably as close to perfect as it can be. So what that means is you guys are failing and fucking up all along the way in order to have the end result and the final product be as close to polished and badass as it can be. But don't get it confused. There's very few perfect days here uh, for me and what I do in this life. But what you see on the back end or on the finished product is as close to perfection as it's going to get. But trust me, everything that you see that looks awesome and that I have it figured out and it looks amazing or you see me on camera or you listen to me here or you watch me in front of a group or do a speech in public, it's because I practiced and practiced and practiced and fucked up and failed and failed and failed and learned from it and audited it and went back and fixed it over and over and over again. And then you saw something at you know, the other side that wasn't completely terrible. Number two, external rewards are fleeting and unfulfilling. They're fun, for sure. Uh, but they're not the end goal. Not by a long shot, man. What holds far more value and defines the quality of your life is how many people's lives you've impacted for the better. And however you choose to do that is obviously up to you. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you can see if you look high enough, you can see me on magazine covers uh, behind me. I just shared, I got an email today, Men's Health featured me in an article about some workout we did. I don't even know. I don't even know anymore. Like they don't communicate with me sometimes when they share stuff. Uh, I probably would see in a couple days they'd send it to me, but I got an email forwarded to me. Um, I was on Men's Health. It's my video. It's me working out, my words, you know, talking all about me, making me sound super fancy and important. And that's an external reward for hard work I put in. So are the magazine covers. So are getting opportunities with brands. And, you know, these. I have a contract right here for a endorsement agreement, which I may or may not do. Who knows? And I get a lot of really cool opportunities now financially and just personally. But... That's not what it's not what I do it for. 
it doesn't wake me up every single day. I'm not like sitting here waiting on my email or my phone for the next big opportunity or, you know, you know, bigger payday to come or, or something to happen. Those are just fun things along the way. They're not the end goal. Um, I'm in love with the process of it and I'm trying to impact as many people's lives as I can. And that's how I choose to do it. And I know if I do that well enough, long enough, consistently enough at a big enough scale, I'll make more money and have more opportunities than I, I could ever imagine in my life. And I don't do it for external rewards. That's why I would tell any young fitness person out there, anybody in a career, don't always be worried about the bonus or the pay or the structure. Now, obviously, money's important. Know your worth. Go out and get what you think you deserve. But if you just try to do your best and really help people and provide value, all that shit's going to come. I admittedly probably don't search out that stuff enough and I just kind of get lost in the process and I just pick those things up along the way. But it's never what I got into this for. And yeah, again, magazine covers are cool and they're fancy and fun. You can put them on the walls and people think you're great and it's awesome for your mom's scrapbook. But at the end of the day, it doesn't, you know, pay your bills to the scale of what you really think it would. And two, it, it, it's a moment and you have it and you're like, okay, cool. Well, what's next? That's why you have to love the process and you have to do it for the craft of it, not just for the stuff and the money. Number three, believing your own hype is dangerous. No matter what you achieve or how externally successful, quote unquote successful, I put it in quotes there, you get, you have to always remember the kid that started out on the path out of just pure curiosity. Um, you should never lose sight of that you know childhood-like sense and wonder that you had when you started and that ambition and that dream. But a lot of people, man, they get into it for the accolades and they get it into the stuff and then they, you know, get a thousand people to follow them or 5,000 people or 10,000 people and they think they're the shit and they think that they really matter. And the example I always give is like if a million people know who you are, nobody knows you. Like, does that make sense when I say like if a million people know who you are in the big scope of things in the world, nobody knows who you are. Like you're not Michael Jordan. You're not Oprah. Like. And even those people, I would assume everybody knows them, but the crazy thing is there's probably people in parts of the world who obviously don't have the internet, who don't even know who they are, which is insane to me. But it, a lot of people start to buy into their own hype and they think that they're insta-famous or they think they're a personality or they're too important to respond back and reply and actually be a real human and communicate. And it's sad to see, and I've seen it happen over and over and over, and uh, that shit comes back to bite you, man, pretty fucking hard. And I know a lot of my fitness friends still think it's crazy that I actually like own a gym and actually come in early as hell and train people because I make enough money doing other things where we wouldn't have to do this if I didn't want to. But I like it. And this is what I do. This is who I am. And obviously, there's things I have to step back from because I can't, you know, physically be at every session with every group and do everything because I would, you know, grind myself into the dirt. But I also don't believe like I'm this other thing. I'm the same dude, man, who started this. Uh, in 2009, you know, training Dan Stamos, computer repairman at 6 a.m. every Monday, Wednesday, Friday on his homerun.com deal for 19 bucks. Of that, I got $8.50 for the entire month, mind you. So I made about, what is that, 28 cents a session, give or take. And that's still who I am to this day. I got more money now, for sure. I got more stuff. Uh, but I'm the same dude. Nothing's changed. I, I'm no more important. And I said this the other day. I'm saying the same shit I've always said. 
I, I I'm older now, so I, I have probably a little bit different perspective, and I've, you know, fucked up a lot along the way. So I've gained a lot of life lessons, and I met a lot of really smart people who've helped me. But I'm saying the same things. I have the same beliefs that I had seven years ago. I have the same thoughts that I had eight years ago. I'm sending the same message. The only difference is now, you know, hundreds of thousands and millions of people can listen to it and hear it, but really there's no difference. So uh, I'm not a big believer of buying into the hype because, you know, it can all be gone tomorrow uh, in the blink of an eye. And I'm not going to walk around here like I'm anything special. Uh, I'm just a dude who didn't want to work a corporate job and didn't want to hate his fucking life and he wanted to enjoy his Wednesday and hang out with cool people and listen to rap music and, you know, hopefully get to work out and be fit my whole life. And I was able to turn that into, you know, businesses and a career and and, and able to make money by doing it. But by no means am I, uh, you know, thinking I'm anything special other than just a dude in a warehouse who loves hip hop and likes to work out, man. That's all it is. And if you do it good enough, Uh, You can make money doing it too. Number four, you're only as good as the last risk you took, which is playing off what we talked about before. If you have to rely on your last home run or your last at bat, which could have happened a long time ago, to speak to your talents and your fallen stature, you're going to be in a tough boat, man. Success over the long term is about consistently pushing yourself to take a chance to move forward and just consistently put in the work day after day after day. That's why I don't rely on stuff I did a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, or five years ago. I'm always trying to improve and get better and just consistently provide value to you guys. That's why we pump out so many podcasts and write so many newsletters. By the way, if you guys are not in the newsletter, shoot me a DM. I'm happy to put you on it. We send out three a week minimum, and I have done that three times a week, every single week for the last 10 years. Some weeks we do four or five or six, but a minimum every single week we do three. Just free stuff and things we do in-house here, talking about a lot of stuff. We talk on the podcast, health, fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, and just my take on the world. And uh, I think you guys get a lot of value from it. If you like reading, it's there for you. So, um, But again, my point is is that's why I don't really just you know live off of what I did a year ago. I always you know want to be current and try to do the best I can every single day and keep showing up. And if nothing else, the guy that's willing to not die the guy that's willing to, you know, consistently be the last dude standing is the guy that tends to win more often than not. And number five, this is for everybody out there and everything you do. And this is not about comparison. This is the reality. Somewhere, someone much younger than you is practicing his or her craft. They're in school. They're studying. They're becoming educated. They're getting hungry. And they're coming for your spot, man. That's just how it is. It's how the world works. Just remember that. Anyone can reach the mountaintop, but the hard part is staying there and staying consistently driven and motivated over and over and over again. And now on the same note, would I want to have to start over today? Uh, Probably not. Uh, Not at least in the context of the scope of the world and what's going on and and how everything is. And so, as uh, Arnold, Arnold once said, you know, the wolf at the bottom of the hill is a lot hungrier than the wolf on the top of the hill. But the wolf on the top of the hill knows if he's hungry and he wants the food, it's there. So when you're at the top, it's up to you to basically fuck it up and fall and flop. But just know you can't get there and then just cruise. It's just like fat loss and weight loss, right? People say, well, once I get to my ideal weight or ideal whatever, then I'll just maintain and just hang out. I'm like, well, 
The problem with that is it's not like compound interest. It doesn't just grow and grow and grow. Once you get there, you have to still put in the work and keep the same habits, rituals, and routines that got you there are required to stay there. And for a lot of people, they reach a certain level of status or success and they think they can just cruise and just hang out. And maybe some people can, but that's the time where you really start to punch it. And that's where the momentum really starts to roll. And that's when you reach a different stratosphere where no matter what the fuck people do, they can't touch you and they can't compete with you because you're just on a whole nother level. You're on that Michael Jordan status. You're in the GOAT category, right? Like where you've just done it for so long and for so hard and you've acquired so much knowledge and you've been so awesome, they can't lose you. They can't fire you. They can't take your spot. They can't replace you. You've become a linchpin in everything to everybody. And so food for thought there. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Again, this is just a quick take on 30 things about life everybody should learn before 30 and again the original piece is from nicholas cole um, over at inc.com that was a gem man a lot of good stuff uh in there so if there's anything else you guys want to hear on the podcast specifically shoot me a dm send me an email again like i said i'm gonna try to get my wife on and answer the q a uh stuff that you sent for her and i hopefully tomorrow if we can or worst case maybe sunday but if you are on itunes right now stop don't be a lazy ass. Open up the podcast icon on your iPhone. Scroll all the way down with your finger if you're watching me on YouTube and click the five star. Drop a comment. I truly would appreciate it. And obviously, if you're on your iPad or your MacBook, open up the iTunes icon. Click ratings and reviews. Write me a note. I truly would appreciate you guys. It helps us move up the rankings. And obviously, if you dig the podcast, share it with a friend or family member or somebody. Obviously, if they're under 30, this could be a gem for them to listen to and hopefully help them not make a lot of the same dumbass mistakes I made uh, while I was under 30 and still continue to make to this day because I am not perfect by any means, but... I am working hard to be better every single day, like I hope all of you are as well. So I need to get a lift in and head home and get something to eat because it has been a long day for me. So until next time, you guys, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.